So we have come to part six of our message. So would you please, if you have your workbooks with you, we are now in page 80, right? Page 80 of our 40 Days of Progress workbook. And this is sermon number seven, okay? So next Sunday will be our last. And then it's Thanksgiving Sunday, and then the Sunday after that, it's our Christmas service or the first Sunday of the Advent, and then we have the four Sundays of before Christmas. So times really fly so fast, right? Anyway, brotherly kindness, that's our message today. What is brotherly kindness? This is the sixth habit that we are supposed to progress according to Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1. We are to make every effort to add to our faith. So we are saved by grace through faith, through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Christian life is not just about faith. Amen? We have to grow. And so Peter tells us to add to our faith goodness. We talk about goodness and then knowledge. That's why it's important to bring our Bibles every Sunday, to read our Bibles every day, to be part of a Bible study group. And then self-control, something that we all need every day. There are always many reasons why we can be out of control. But God wants us to be self-controlled. And perseverance, resisting to quit, resisting to say no. But then, if you remember... In our study of perseverance, we also have to learn when to stop for a break and when to really, you know, quit when it's time to move on. And then we talk about godliness last week, godliness being godly, being a reflection of who God is. And then today we're going to talk about brotherly kindness. So what is brotherly kindness? It's a word we use often in many forms. We say that such and such person is kind. We want people to be kind to us. We try to be kind to one another. Most often, kindness is the generic term used to describe all forms of you know, good things. right? We want to speak kindly to people so that we want people also to be kind to us. Now, as Christians, kindness or brotherly kindness should be a distinguishing mark that would make us different from anybody, anybody else. Especially today when the natural way is simply to be unkind. You know, we, we are so rushed. We, people are always you know, in a hurry that sometimes we forget our social graces, that we can just be unkind to anyone, right? And sometimes kindness is no longer expected because to be kind these days, it means you need to put two important things, time and energy, to be kind to everyone. And sometimes we only tend to be kind to people where we expect that our kindness are reciprocated. Or there's a perception that somehow my kindness to them, you know, 
would return back to me. But in a normal way, people tend to be unkind these days. Especially when we think that we have the right to be unkind. Today, we think that kindness can only be offered to people where they deserve it. Not when we are Christians, because as Christians, it is part of what it means to be part of the family of God. So what is brotherly kindness? Now, brotherly kindness comes from the word Philadelphia. I'm sure you're familiar of, of that place in the States. The city of brotherly love that's known. Because that's the meaning of the word. You know, Philadelphia, it's a compound word from the word philos or philia, where we say philia love. Friendly affection. That's the meaning of the word philia. Fondness. You know, endearment. And then the, the next word is adelphos. It simply means brother. So if your name is Adelpha or Adelphos, it means a brother or a sister. Right? Combined together, it means brotherly love. Or some translation, brotherly kindness. I'd like to prefer the word brotherly kindness because next week, we are going to study love. Okay? That's the end of the progress. We know that we are progressing in our faith when we have reached you know, the final step, agape love. But before agape love, there is this stage known as brotherly kindness. Now the idea here is that as Christians, we are to treat one another as brothers and sisters. Okay? When you are part of the church, our bond and affection towards each other is more than a blood-related brother or sister. Okay? More than. How we treat each other here is supposed to reflect the same you know, affection that we give to our brother and sister in our family. And even more. All right? Because our relationship with each other here is for eternity. <laughs> okay? Because in your family, if your brother or sister, if they are not believers, your relationship will only last in this age. Because when we die, we are no longer brothers and sisters in the other world if they are not believers. Alright? But if we are believers, we are brothers and sisters here in this world, and even in eternity. Alright? That's brotherly kindness. How we treat each other in the family. Friends, brotherly kindness is not only commanded to be given to our spiritual brethren, but we are supposed to extend it outside. And that's the point of St. Peter here. While we treat each other, you know, in the church, we smile, we kiss, beso beso, Right? In the church, we say this is the only place where being, being a marites is holy. <laughs> holy marites. <laughs> right? So we, we want to say hello, and we, during our coffee socials, we want to extend our grace to each other. All right? We are supposed to maintain that because suddenly, you know, we, we are so nice to each other here, we kiss, but then suddenly, 
Some people, as, as they stepped out of the church vicinity, suddenly their faces go, it's like they change. They are mean to people. We are mean to the taxi driver. We are mean to the guard. See? Suddenly we're changed. But then when we see a Christian, Hi, Mari! Hi, Tita! And then suddenly we're... See? How quickly we change. And that's what Peter is saying. We know how to treat each other in our church, in our homes. We are supposed to bring that mindset to others. Right? That's why Romans 12 verse 10 in the Living Bible, it says, love each other with brotherly affection. It's like Paul here is doing a redundancy of the word because love with brotherly love. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Love each other with a brotherly love, brotherly affection, and take delight in honoring each other. And that's how we express and demonstrate brotherly kindness. It's how we delight in honoring one another. I, I want to be kind to you because my goal is to honor you. Alright? Our goal in this Christian life is not to give people what they deserve because I tell you, there are people that are so mean to you that they don't deserve your kindness. Never give people what they deserve. <laughs> Always give them what God deserves. Kindness. Now, when we talk of kindness, I'd like to focus in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 to 32. So please flip, open your Bibles to Ephesians. Here, Paul is talking about how we became believers through our Lord Jesus Christ. We put our faith in Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us a new nature, right? And so what happens is that we unclothe those things that belongs to our old life. And then we clothe ourselves with a new nature. And, you know, to summarize what Paul is saying here, he is simply saying, when you are a new person in Christ, you should be kind to anyone. Even if they are unkind, yes. In fact, it's the, one of the greatest commandments of Christ to love the unlovable, to love our enemies. See? To treat them with kindness when they treat us evil. That's what sets us apart. See? That, that's what makes us followers of Christ. Because in the world, everyone is expected if you are kind, then you reciprocate with kindness. You don't need Christ to do that. That's normal in the world. When people are kind to you, you just, you just give them the same gesture. Be kind. But if you are mean to me, and you know us Filipinos, walay sukod sabaos. That's who we are. Walay sukod sabaos. See? For us, Vengeance is best served fresh. <laughs> See, that's being an unbeliever. But once you become a Christian, it's difficult. I tell you, it's difficult. You know why? Because you are not just expected to be kind to the kind people, but you are expected to show kindness to the unkind people. And that's what Paul is talking here. 
Now, let's begin first with the foundation. Look at verse 21 to 24. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, He's talking here of salvation. He's talking to the Ephesians. Remember, we've, we've gone through the book of Acts. Ephesus is one of those places wherein there is what? Massive idolatry and immorality. Okay? And Ephesus is famous of what the, the there's the temple of Diana there. And, and, and Paul says, throw off your old sinful nature. See? Now you are in Christ. You call yourself a Christian. Praise the Lord. Throw that off your former way of life. You know, you were so unkind before. You're just so mean before. You lie. See? And so many bad things. And later on, we will find out that Paul talks about five sins that the Ephesians were guilty of. And these five sins needs to be corrected with what? With one particular habit, and that is brotherly kindness. All right? Throw them off, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit... See, the Christian life is not just about you and me making every effort. Because I tell you, if, if it's just our own willpower, no, we can't make it, right? You can survive to be kind for one day. Diba? You're so anxious, Lord. Kanus ama kumay mong unkind. Lami na juga ibuto, Lord. Diba? But then the Bible says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. See? Paul is saying, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us, you know, our, our thought patterns, our attitude. See? This is very important. When the Holy Spirit takes control of our mind and our heart, it's easy for the actions to follow. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And, and Paul mentions about godliness, created to be like God. We talked about godliness last Sunday, see? So our godliness, which speaks about our new nature now in Christ, that must be demonstrated outside. And that's where brotherly kindness is needed. All right? So how to practice brotherly kindness? Again, Brotherly kindness is demonstrating to the, you know, the unbelieving world how we treat each other inside the body of Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ at one point in, in John chapter 13, I think it's in verse 36, Jesus says, They will know that you are my disciples if you what? If you love one another. See, how we care for each other is so important because here we are simply practicing how we behave outside. Amen? How we behave outside. It's simply a reflection on how we love one another in our church. All right? Now, here's the first lesson. If we are going to practice brotherly kindness, it starts with this. Forge your friendships with trust. Forge. What do you mean by forge? What, what's the other meaning of the word forge? You know, you have to shape. See? That's the idea. You have to form 
You have to build your friendships with trust. Alright? And again, I'm talking here, we're talking here of not just a relationship within the church, but outside. It's so easy to forge friendship with trust inside the church. But then it's different when it's outside. Notice what Paul says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Alright? And speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Right? To build our friendship with trust, we must be kind and truthful and honest to each other. Trust begins when we are trustworthy. Friends, let me tell you, I know in this world and in this time, it's so difficult to trust anyone, right? We always tell our kids, do not trust strangers. I'm not telling you to trust everyone, but what I'm telling you this morning is this. Let everyone trust you. See? I can trust anyone, but I should make myself trustworthy so that people will not doubt. So that when your name is mentioned, when, when your name is mentioned anywhere, whether in your neighborhood, in your school, in your offices, in the church, when your name is mentioned, people will not even think of some malice. You know why? Because you, they know that you're a trustworthy person. You know? We say what we mean, we mean what we say. Because as Christians, part of our kindness is when we always tell the truth. We don't fabricate stories. We don't add or subtract, subtract to some stories. If we are marites, we are truthful marites. <laughs> Alright? We don't add anything to it. See? Speak truthfully to your neighbors. Practicing kindness, friends, means growing in our ability to trust and be trusted upon. See? The reason why a lot of people don't trust you or me or others it's because what we say is different from what we do. Amen? I know the common cliche, we need to walk our talk. And we need to talk our walk. See? We have to do that. When we say this word, we have to do it. So that people can trust. We need to forge our, our relationships with trust. Make yourself trustworthy. And you know what will happen, friends? That's the kindest thing that people can expect from us Christians when we are trustworthy. See? When we can keep their secrets. When we don't become a, you know, a, 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 a social media for their stories. See? We have to be trusted. Even total strangers can trust you because our reputation precedes us. Because we're Christians, you know, that person, I know him. I can trust him. That's where kindness begins, right? Second, free your relationships from anger. Free your relationships from anger. Now, this is very important. If you remember, it starts with lying, and then the second sin that Paul mentions here is about what? Anger. 
one of the major things, you know, if people are to evaluate each other, one of those things that makes people unkind is how they control their temper. In fact, if you say, what can you say about this person? Saputun. Dali, masuko. See? You know, your fuse easily, you know, blows up. Okay? And, and people suddenly say, he's so unkind. See? Why? Because when we talk of kindness, usually we, we equate it with how we handle ourselves in situation, in a traffic, when somebody makes a mistake. Okay? How do you handle it? When you, when you are in the mall, when you're buying something and the sales lady makes a mistake, how do you handle the situation? Do you easily get angry? Do you easily say, you know, kabugok yun ni mo? See? Sayun rakaini. Do we do that? To our helpers, see? That's how they look at us. Are we really Christians in the way we handle situation? Because that's, that's what the Bible is saying here. Free your relationships from anger. The reason why a lot of our friends or a lot of our colleagues or work or co-workers don't like us because of our temper. Okay? We are always like Mayon Volcano, always active and may you know, explode anytime. See? People don't want to get close to you because they're afraid you might, you might say something and they're easily, you're easily hurt. See? Nobody wants to be with that kind of a person. Notice in Ephesians 4, 26, 27, in your anger, do not sin. Well, there is a point when we can be angry. Jesus was angry. God was angry. But their anger was on what? The right reason. Jesus was angry because the temple was being corrupted. God was angry with his people because they were worshiping idols. God's anger, Christ's anger, is always connected with righteousness, not so much with what they like, what you, they prefer. No. It's always has something to do with his commandments. All right? But in our case, we are not God. See? Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. All right. First, Paul says, when you, when you are angry, and it's like he's saying, if you cannot, if you cannot control yourself, make sure don't, you don't sin. Because here, embedded in this verse are two extremes. One is that a person can easily become angry. You're not practicing self-control. The other one is that you are using perseverance in the wrong way. You persevere in your anger. In other words, dugay kay kanaulian. Have you noticed? Self-control, perseverance. If you don't have self-control, you can easily erupt. Even simple things. Gamay lang kayo and then suddenly you lose your, your temper. That's not right. <laughs> the opposite is also true. It's true. Dili ka dugay masuko pero dugay kay ka maulian. It's, you know, it takes a long time. 
you know, your friend simply said this, and for one week, you know, for one week, walay surya, no Facebook, no hi. Do you have friends like that? And suddenly, you know, you're wondering, what did I do? Diba? And sometimes, how you react to, to the situation is what? So over. <laughs> Extreme. See? That's what Paul is saying. Yes, we can be angry when things are not going well, but make sure not too soon and not too long. <laughs> and Paul gives us some, some sort of a gauge here. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. The problem, if some of the women, they're angry very early in the morning, so it takes longer. Diba? So husbands, make sure, don't make your wives be angry early in the morning because you will suffer longer. Dugay pa ang sunset. You will have eight hours of suffering. But when you're a Christian, you should not do that. You know why? Paul gives the reason. Because if we do that, if we become angry too soon and too long, we are giving the devil a foothold. What is a foothold, by the way? Do you know what is a foothold? We know it's in the Bible. Okay, the idea there is this. Some of you, some of you have you done mountain climbing? Either in the real mountain or in some sports? You know, a foothold is, is kanang portion lang of rock that you know you can trust that from there you can climb. That's the foothold. You can really brace yourself because you know that stone or rock can hold your whole body. That's a foothold. Paul is saying, when you become angry too soon and too long, you are giving that devil what? A leverage over your life. See? And you become unkind. You see? It's a point to the devil. When we become angry too soon and too long, we give the devil a foothold over our lives. It's like we are giving him an entrance. The best thing a Christian should do is never give the devil an inch of your life, of your time. You know why? Somebody says, if you give him an inch, he always wants to rule. Never give him that foothold. See? If we want to be kind, we have to control our temper. Okay? What should I do, pastor? Okay? Some of the tips, you think of a song, a Christian song. You think of a verse. Okay? Basig ayaw po verse. Basig ang verse po sa mind, get thee behind me, Satan. Not that verse. Alright? Okay? But think of, you know, Go back to the grace of God. See? Because we have to control ourselves. That's how we can become kind. Okay? In the, in the living Bible, it says, if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down with you still angry. I like, I like this translation. Get over it quickly. You see? If you need to be angry, Please do it quickly. Right? And say sorry afterwards. Okay? So that you don't cause Satan to have a leverage in your life. All right, number three, feed someone who is hungry. 
And I know this is one of maybe the easiest kindness that we can do as Christians. You know, after the church, you know, we go out and we see someone. But then here's, here's the thing. When it comes to our Christian brothers and sisters, we are willing to feed them with so much. Again, with this mindset, because this person can reciprocate the kindness. But you know what Jesus said? When you want to help someone, help someone, the person whom you know who could not repay you. See? That's the point of kindness. Because if I am just kind to you, it's it's. 15, oy, ikaw na po'y bangka, ika 30. That's not kindness. <laughs> Ang tawag ana, kung sa may tawag ana, dawat-dawat. <laughs> diba? Oh, I don't know, if is there an English word for that? Diba? We have that Filipinos, we contribute, and then, okay, this week, I get all this collection, and next week, it's yours. I don't know if there's a term for that. But we call it dawat-dawat. If you do that kind of way of kindness, that's not kindness. You're just waiting for your turn to be kind. Ang uban lang kung siya'y makadawat, mawa, mag-ghosting. Di naman hikita. See? No. Look at this. Anyone, look at verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Okay, the point is that these Christians in Ephesus, before they were liars, now Paul says, be kind, be truthful. Before, they're, they're just bursting in anger, you know, everyone, well, yeah, their fuses are easily blowing up. And Paul says, no. And this time, stop stealing, but must work doing something useful with their own hands. Notice this, that they, may, they have something to share with those in need. Take note, with those in need. That's how we practice brotherly kindness. While we are kind to each other, but our kindness is much appreciated with those in need. Okay? I have to work hard. I have to earn. So part of our motivation, you know, to work hard, you know, to make sure that our business, our work will prosper, is not just for me to buy things that I want, I need. That's being selfish, see? It should be part of our motivation that I want to earn more. Lord, bless me more so that when I know someone, either from our church or from outside, if I know that someone is in need, I'll be the first person to offer help because that's what it means to be a Christian. Amen? That's where I show brotherly kindness. When I'm the first one to help. See? In your office, if, if there's someone who is a victim of fire or you know, some accidents, you should be the first one to share. You know, you don't wait for people to give you guilty tripping. That's the time you give. That's not kind. You see? Even in, in, in the church setting, we don't want we don't need to show you the pictures of you know the fire victims for you to to get the money. You see, if we do that, then we lose our being Christians. You see? For us, Christ, Christianity is what? It's it's natural for me to give. Why? Because I know 
I've been there. See? We all been there. We all need help. And then God help us. You and I are simply reservoirs of Christ's blessings. See? And God wants those blessings to be flowing out. You know why? Because God wants to replenish. Some of God's blessings are already buluk. Why? Because we're hoarding it. <laughs> Some Christians are hoarders when it comes to blessings. Okay? We have to feed. We have to help. That's the goal of why we are now in Christ. Because that's how we show that we are brothers and sisters. That I'm here. If you need help, I'm just here. Alright? Proverbs 19.17 says, Whoever is kind to the poor... Lends to the Lord. Amazing. Can you imagine that? If you are kind to the poor, if you are kind to the needy, you are actually lending to the Lord. And here's the good part. You don't expect that poor person to repay you. Again, Osai, ato ang, ato ang uh, goal or our motivation in kindness is wrong. Okay? I will help this person now. You know, you know she's a fire victim. I have to help her. Kaya kung ako niya masunugan, di niya ako tabangan. See? Still selfish. <laughs> no. Don't do that. Because if you do that, you are very unkind. The Bible says, I'm going to help this person even if this person could not help me. Because I know that in the Bible, it is God who will reward. Amen? He will reward them for what they have done. See? The reward comes from the Lord, not from others. Don't expect people to reciprocate your kindness. Expect God because He's the one who is truly kind to all of us. Amen? Number four, fortify others with your words. Right? This is one of the most important areas where we have to be kind because these days, people are so unkind with words. See? Look at the social media. Movies. There are movies that almost in every sentence, there are curses. And that becomes normal to our kids. See? We should not allow that. As Christians, we have to be kind. Notice verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. But only what is what? Helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Three things. First, I should not allow my mouth to say anything unwholesome. Anything that does not benefit. In fact, if you are not an official critic, stop criticizing. Right? If you are not asked to critic, unwholesome talk, it should not come out from a Christian's mouth. We have to be kind with our words. See? But then, if there should come out from our mouth, only what is what? Building up. So, we need to fortify. So, we need to think before we say. We always say that, right? But how often do we fail in doing that? And sometimes... You know, I'm, be, I'm so guilty. Sometimes I already said the words and, you know, damage was done, but it's too late. 
See? Sometimes because we are careless, we say something that we don't mean, but then it's too late because once the words come out, it's like a dagger. And once the dagger is out of your mouth, you have no control how it will what? Hurt the person. You have no control except to say sorry. See? Even if you don't mean it, even if there was no intention to hurt, right? Sometimes there was no intention, but you just say, said it. But the Bible says, if you want to be kind as brothers, say something that will help them in their life, not discourage them. So if, if you have nothing to say that will encourage a person, just stay silent there. Okay? Example, no? may, may mong friend mo ba nga? Beshi. Guapa ba ko, Beshi? Kunya, libog ka ba, Christian mo ko? I want to be kind. Silent na siya ka. Kruk, 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 kruk. Buutan ka. <laughs> Gwapa, baligi ko. Maayo ka nga pagkatao. <laughs> right? Because you don't want to hurt the person. See? You want to build them up. And then, notice this. It's not only for the person. There's a third party that it may benefit those who listen. You see? So even our conversations... We have to be careful. Why? Because I'm not only trying to, to fortify you, but the Bible says I have to be mindful that there are others listening. See? And sometimes we, we don't mind, you know? And, and that's what's happening in the world. I don't care about others. You know, this is my life. This is us. No. When you're a Christian, we have to be mindful because the Bible says that it may benefit those who listen. So even when we're talking with our friends you know, in, in a public restaurant, you know, we're close friends. We have to employ brotherly kindness. And that means I have to be careful with my words because there are others listening to me. Amen? video silent lang kayo. And then you vi go viral. No, he's the guy. He's the guy from Bradford. See? Pastor, is that your member before? Absent na, na siya always. See? So, I'm not Jesus. You know, I can, I can easily... <laughs> okay? Excuse myself. Oh, sauna, 10 years ago. Diba? Oh, pero if you're so kind, you know, your pastors are very proud of you. See? Ah, oh, member na siya sa church. Really? Oh, yeah. Diba? Because that's how we are, diba? That's how we... That's how we live as family, ba? When someone, when a member of the family is doing well, we are very proud of them, right? Make us proud of them. Ako ng anak. Ako ng sister. See? And that's what we do. We want to encourage each other. Friends, let's bring that out. How we do encourage one another in our homes, let's bring that out. Because the world, listen, the world out there is simply full of criticism full of biting, devouring one another. Let them hear a Christian speak nicely to them. You could be the only person that can be so nice and that will definitely change their day. Amen? So make someone happy with the words you say. Proverbs 16, 24 to 25, from a wise mind comes careful and persuasive speech. The Bible says if you're wise, 
careful, persuasive speech. Kind words are like honey, enjoyable and helpful. Amen? Kind words are healthy for others. Alright, number five. Flush bitterness out from your spirit, from your system. So again, I said five sins. So lying, you have to be truthful. Next, anger, you have to control your temper. And then there's stealing, you have to work. Right? Next, filthy language, you have to change it with kind words. And the next is bitterness. Flush bitterness out from your spirit. Notice verse 30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How should we not grieve the Holy Spirit? By getting rid of all what? Bitterness, rage, anger. So anger is again repeated. Browling and slander along with every form of malice. This is the epitome of what it means to be an unbelieving marites. Kana, chismis, malicious, right? Get rid. That's what the Bible says. You know, notice two things here said by Paul. When we become angry, when we become bitter, we are actually doing two things. We welcome Satan and we grieve the spirit. <laughs> See? So think that way. When you allow bitterness and rage and anger to dominate your heart, you're actually allowing Satan to enter and you're pushing out the Spirit. See? Because that's what grieves the Holy Spirit, according to Paul. It grieves the Holy Spirit when His throne, remember, our body is His throne. When our throne is characterized by anger and bitterness, and all sorts of brawling and malicious thinking, we allow ourselves to be dominated by the devil and allowing the Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, get out. See? You grieve. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, don't we? That's why we have to get rid of bitterness. So how can I get rid of bitterness? By controlling yourself. By telling yourself, I should not persist in my anger. You know? You ask forgiveness, Lord, forgive me for these ill feelings. See? You, you have to ask forgiveness. You know, I'm sure there are people, there are people that when you think of them, when you, when you hear their names, suddenly your heart stop, you know, starts to beat so fast. Can you relate? Okay? And it's like, Sometimes you even rehearse what you want to say to that person, right? But you know, you don't want to say those things, but they are always bothering your mind and heart. What should I do with that pastor? Deal with it immediately. Don't let it persist in your brain. You know, you go to God's throne and ask, Lord, please, I know this is wrong, Lord. This is not right. You have to start, you know, the self-talk. Talk to yourself. Lord, this is wrong. Please help me. See? Pray. Because that's what the Bible says. Get rid. And, and the idea of the get, get rid there, the tense there, it speaks of something that is immediate. Paul is not saying, you know, take time to get rid of it. No, that's not the tone. It has the essence of what? Do it immediately. As soon as you notice that you have this bitterness 
you know, bro you know, brewing inside of you. Deal with it. Get rid of it immediately. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, palaway, hmm. but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. If you if you want to be used by God, don't be a palaway Christian. Be a kind person. All right. Number six. We're almost done. Find new ways to practice kindness. Find new ways to practice kindness. In other words, you know, you, you make it a point that when we are out there, you know, in the world, be mindful that, Lord, I want to have an opportunity to show kindness to someone today. See? Make it a goal. Find ways. Notice verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. See? Be kind and compassionate to one another. Let me bring you to Romans chapter 12. Because here are, you know, these are sundries of, of ways. You know, various ways to show and find new ways to be kind. Look at verse 13. This is from the Living Bible Translation. When God's children are in need, you be the one to help them out. We already knew that, right? And get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner of if, of, or if they need lodging for the night. See? That's a good way to be kind. What else? Verse 14. If someone mistreats you because you're a Christian, don't curse him. Pray that God will bless him. That's kindness. Again, don't give people what they deserve. If it's you, they deserve cursing, Lord. Give them the opposite. Blessing. Verse 15, when others are happy, how can you be kind to them? Be happy with them. If they are sad, share their sorrow. That's being kind. You, you don't want to be happy when your friend is sad, right? That's being very unkind. In other words, sympathize. That's the word. To be kind, to have brotherly kindness, we have to be sympathetic with what our brothers and sisters feel these days. Work happily together. Don't try to act big. Is this an issue about you? Or maybe you can think of someone, huh? Na sa office, inana pastor. See? Maybe you're that person. Work happily together. Don't try to act big. Don't try to get into the good graces of important people, but enjoy the company of the ordinary folks. And don't think you know it all. See? When we think we know it all, we are being unkind. Verse 17, Never pay back evil for evil. Do things in such a way that everyone, take note, everyone can see that you are honest. Don't quarrel with anyone. Be at peace with everyone just as much as possible. See? Find new ways. To express kindness, all right? And then let me get down now to the last. Forgive others as Christ forgive you. Friends, God is unkind. I mean, God is kind. We are unkind. And we receive God's kindness when He forgave our sins. Amen? You and I, we don't deserve forgiveness. 
We deserve punishment for what we have done. Amen? But then God has been so kind to us that He has given us salvation. Shouldn't we give and pass on the same kindness to others? See? That's why Paul ends with, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Amen? That's very important, brethren. As followers of Christ, we should be exceptional forgivers because we, of all people in the world, receive the greatest forgiveness. Amen? As we come to understand God's mercy and kindness, we want those graces to be offered to others. Amen? That's the whole point of being kind. Kindness must create its own chain reaction. I receive grace and kindness from God. I am kind to you. You receive this kindness to me. Pass it forward. And you know what happens? Can you imagine if every believer does the same thing? I receive kindness from you. And my goal is not to reciprocate you with kindness. I will do this kindness to another person. If all of us do that, we saturate the community with the kindness of God. Amen? People today are so unforgiving. Forgive. Forgive. Can you think of someone today that hurts you? Can you think of someone today that has done evil to you? Text or go to that person. Forgive that person. Say something nice. Text a nice Godly message to that person. Don't text that person about hell. Don't be unkind. Alright? Give that person something that would make his day right. And I tell you, the ripple effect. See? That person's day will be good and that would affect all other persons. Can you imagine if all of us start to be kind to one another. We can create a better society. Amen? Our Father is kind. Jesus said, you be kind. Amen? Now let me close with this verse, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, say it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we are dearly loved by our God, chosen before the foundations of the world, what should we do? We have to clothe ourselves in what? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Brethren, if we do that, we are telling and showing everybody else that we are followers of God. Not just followers. We are children of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this message. Lord, we know that Sometimes we can be so unkind. Sometimes we don't temper ourselves. Forgive us. As we are studying brotherly kindness, help us, Lord, to demonstrate your kindness to somebody else today, this week, so that they will also experience your kindness. And perhaps, Lord, come to the saving knowledge of Christ through us. In Jesus' name, 
Amen.